Jenna Ellis in the morning on American Family Radio. Jenna, first, good morning. Great to be with you, the queen of talk radio in America. The left does not want to honor our freedoms, and we have a responsibility to fight back. I love talking about the things of God because of truth and the biblical worldview. Fill that void with a vision that runs so deep that it dilutes the woke agenda. Well, thank you, Jenna. Right from the beginning, I knew you, so it's an honor to be with you. You're doing really well. Proud of you. Former legal counsel to President Trump. Alice. Well, happy Friday and good morning. And we are going to start with some, you know, how, how do I even phrase this? I guess um, some, some not great news, but, you know, I think that there's always hope and encouragement to say, you know, look, the, the left is trying on purpose to incrementally change the world. And we as Christians, as world changers, need to actually be doing the same thing on the that the left does, except we need to be doing it in the right way. And we need to be advancing the cause of Christ. And we need to be participating in civil society so we can bring truth to our community. And uh, that's why we engage in politics. And we need to be advancing the principles of justice and of of truth, which is the person of God. And so the, the example of how this has gone entirely the wrong way for, for us as Christians and how the left has uh, really done this playbook pretty well um, over the last 10 plus years is my home state, the state of Colorado. And uh, we talked a little bit earlier this week about this transgender tourism bill that Jared Polis and the Democrat majority uh, in Colorado have uh, recently passed and then he signed, which is that if uh, any states, any red states are refusing to allow um, teens to get hormone therapy and and all of these other uh, very perverse transgender um, medical problems, you know, and then medical harm is really what it is, then you can go to Colorado and have this kind of what they call transgender tourism and the red state that these these teens are from can't sue uh, for the harm that is incurred in Colorado. So I hope that this will be challenged. And I hope that uh, this will not stand. But this is just the latest example of how Colorado is wildly careening off the cliff into um, insanity, which is the definition of not actually looking at reality in a truthful manner. So um, joining me now to discuss all of this and kind of the history a little bit of how we got here, which I think is very important for us as conservatives and Christians to look at, because this doesn't just happen overnight, um, is my good friend Jeff Hunt. He is um, the Vice President of Public Policy and the Director of the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University, where I am uh, still a fellow in constitutional law and public policy there, and really um, appreciate my uh, my long-standing friendship with CCU. Uh, so Jeff, good morning, and thank you so much for joining me. Jenna, great to be with you. Thank you so much for being the queen of sanity on American Talk Radio. Thank you. We'll have to add that one to to the opening as well. I mean, you know, th- we have to continue to speak truth, and it's it's become almost like we have to speak to five-year-olds and in that type of language, because if we're saying, okay, men are men, women are women, it's it's not even like we're talking about 
complex topics here. I mean, that that's just fundamentally observable, self-evident truth. But yet, here we are. So, so first, I, I'd like to get your comments, though, on on this transgender tourism bill, and then mm-hmm. we'll kind of work our way backwards into um, the history and actually the backwards backsliding in, uh, of Colorado as a state. <laughs> well, it was part of a trio of bills that Governor Polis signed and that the um, radical leftists in Colorado have implemented, and it was to piggyback on top of the Reproductive Health Equity Act, which was passed last year, so that if you think that we can just get to a place where we have unrestricted abortion up until a moment of birth for any point at any reason whatsoever, if you think that is the end goal, friends, I got some disappointing news. The left keeps marching forward. And so they introduced these three bills that did everything from provide abortion referrals to minors to Uh, claiming that crisis pregnancy centers and pregnancy resource centers are fraudulent. They banned abortion reversal pills in the state of Colorado, which is now being sued. There's a stay on that. And then they, they wanted to protect these abortion doctors that are now coming to Colorado and these transgender doctors that are coming to Colorado from any type of lawsuits from other states. If you can imagine a minor running away from home, now coming to Colorado and getting surgery, irreputable or or irreversible surgery done onto their bodies, uh, you, you can understand that a parent would be incredibly angry about that and these radical leftists that absolutely hate Christianity. That is really the motivation that we see behind so many of these laws. It's just a vitriolic hatred towards the Christian worldview. They, they protected them. And, and we haven't seen this type of division in morality and worldview in this country since the 1860s, where you have states that are going one direction, states going the other direction, people moving to states so that they can embrace that type of policy and worldview, right? So we've had so many conservatives from Colorado head to Florida and Texas and Wyoming. I don't blame them. It's crazy here. We're about to have a massive tax increase on our property, right, on our property uh, values here. And it, it, all of that is coming together. And then with the left having total control in the state of Colorado. They're implementing all these radical policies, and people that are leftists in red states are moving to Colorado. So the state's getting bluer and bluer and bluer, and the policies are getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And the sad thing is there's so much suffering right now in the state of Colorado. We have so much crime, so much homelessness, so much drug overdoses, youth suicide. We're like one of the highest in the country among youth suicide. And yet their solution is to take parents out of the equation, create this kind of tourism industry for abortion. Jenna, I heard from Planned Parenthood that they've had a 3,000% increase and the number of people traveling to Colorado to get abortions. So what, what did the beautiful state of Colorado become? You know, it used to be like John Denver and Red Rocks and Aspen and, you know, skiing yeah. and hiking. And now we're known for our drugs, our abortions, and our transgender surgeries. What is going on with this state? It is so broken right now. But that's the reality on the ground, and it's getting tougher and tougher for Christians in places like Colorado. 
Uh, it is. And it's so heartbreaking because, you know, I grew up in Colorado and it, it, it is, it's, it's a beautiful state. And, you know, we used to be a very solidly red state and there are still so many great people and um, the, the farmers, the, the cowboys, the people who, you know, love um, that they're the, the salt of the earth people that are there. And, you know, my parents are ones that that in um, the early 80s moved out to Colorado from California to get away from everything that you just described, but actually not even nearly as crazy because we weren't talking about, you know, gender mutilation surgery back in the in the 80s or, you know, they weren't. I, I was, um, you know, I was just getting born, so I wasn't talking about it. But, you know, but even growing up, it's like I, I can remember reading the Bible and thinking, you know, and reading about Sodom and Gomorrah and thinking, wow, what a perverse culture. I can't imagine that type of society where people are just openly proud to be homosexual. I mean, I remember thinking that as, you know, maybe a 10 year old and going, wow, the, you know, the depravity and, you know, God really judged them. And then here we are, not that, that much later. And, you know, and, and, and you raise, an important point, Jeff, that there are people that are now leaving Colorado for the same reasons they were leaving California, uh, and and we're seeing this this kind of spread into solidly blue states, solidly red states, and really yeah. nothing in between anymore. But yet you are still on the ground, and Colorado Christian Universities, there are a lot of great ministries um, are there like um, Focus on the Family and um, the James Dobson Family Institute and Compassion International and everybody in Colorado Springs? I mean, you know, there there are still places um, uh, and people of faith in Colorado, and this is why uh, the Western Conservative Summit is so important as well because this is the largest gathering of conservatives in the West. And that is still, I think, one of the most important events annually because it is the largest conservative gathering in the West. And somehow people in D.C. think, eh, well, you know, we don't really need to go to the West because the West doesn't matter. What, what do you say to that? So this is very important. We're not in the business of elections or getting anybody elected or campaigns or parties or anything like that. But this is indicative of what's happened to the West. We used to laugh off California, Oregon, Washington, say, oh, it's the left coast. Okay, well, in 2020, Republicans lost Arizona, Nevada, Colorado, New Mexico. Montana has a Democrat senator that's up for reelection today. And in fact, the New York or the L.A. Times, the L.A. Times is now calling this the New West. One third of all the electoral votes that Joe Biden needed to win came from the Western United States. And it's getting bluer and bluer and bluer. And we haven't had an RNC convention in the Western United States in nearly 30 years. 1996, San Diego, Bob Dole was the last time there was an RNC convention anywhere in the region. Wow. So it's, it's an area that the national conservative movement, nationally Republicans, have just always assumed was going to be conservative. And the left has had a very strategic plan to move the entire block of Western states into the blue leftist liberal column. And they capitalized on kind of the social libertarianism of the West, right? We were settled generally by people that were leaving from the East. They wanted to be free of government restrictions. They wanted freedom in their lives. 
Uh, and and so when when the left comes in and says, well, we're we're not going to arrest you for having a pot in your pockets, and by the way, we'll let you kind of live the life you want to live. That seems very appealing to the natural kind of tendencies of the West. We don't typically have high church adherence out here, with the exception of Utah. So the base, the foundation of a strong biblical worldview was never really established in the Western United States. And as a result, the left has really jumped on that and used it to their advantage. But the problem is none of these states are doing well anymore. I mean, goodness, look at Portland, look at San Francisco, look at Seattle. Now look at Denver. I mean, it, the the more woke you get, the more suffering there is, the more human suffering there is in these places. So um, the, the the West is falling. It's becoming a solid blue block, and I am desperately trying to get national conservative leaders to recognize this, spend time here, invest here. Look, Jenna, 2008 Democrat National Convention, Mile High Stadium, Denver, Colorado. We now don't have a single Republican elected statewide, period, in the state of Colorado anymore, with near super majorities in both the House and the Senate. The left invested in the West, and they're reaping all the benefits of it. Wow. And I love what you said, uh, Jeff Hunt, that this isn't about parties. And, you know, and obviously Centennial Institute and, and Colorado Christian University being a nonprofit, um, you don't make those endorsements. And, you know, you are just focused on the biblical worldview. But that's what we as Christians, regardless of party affiliation, whether we're Republican, independent, unaffiliated, whatever, that's actually should be our focus anyway, whether or not we're a nonprofit or not. We should be focused on the biblical worldview and teaching truth and making sure that those in office, regardless, of their party affiliation, because there are some Republicans that are just as bad in their ideology, or they're focused on things that they shouldn't be, or we can, and, and I hate it when we call it infighting, because that that's not the point. I'm not going to just ardently defend anything that anyone who's under the banner of Republican says, any more than I'm go- going to just criticize and hold to sale discount anyone under the banner of Democrat says. We have to be focused on truth. So um, we'll be right back with more with Jeff Hunt from the Centennial Institute. Um, go to the Western Conservative website and uh, see that if you can make it come out to Denver um, if you want to. I mean, I know, you know, there's, there's, I will warn you, it smells a lot like pot and it's absolutely bad. But come participate and join. We'll be right back with more on Jenna Ellis in the morning. love. This is Jenna Ellis in the morning. Welcome back. And I'm talking with my good friend, Jeff Hunt, uh, who is the director of the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University that holds the Western Conservative Summit, which uh, this year will be in June. And uh, Jeff, what is that website that people can go to to look at uh, the upcoming June Western Conservative Summit? Yeah, thanks, Jenna. WesternConservativeSummit.com. Western Conservative Summit 
com, and we have two events, actually. One is the regular Western Conservative Summit. It's two full days, 50 nationally renowned speakers, 60 exhibiting organizations, 25 national partners, organizations like the Heritage Foundation, Alliance Defending Freedom, Americans for Prosperity. They're all a part of it. It's a wonderful event. But we've also got this Western Conservative Summit Youth Conference. For anyone ages 16 to 22, it's only $50 for an entire week in partnership with Patriot Academy at Colorado Christian University. And basically, a young person shows up. They're sworn in as a legislature. Uh, as a legislator, they need to write and draft their own bill. They need to work with lobbyists kind of in a mock setting to get a bill passed. And it trains them to not only have a biblical Christian worldview— but then to also be a statesman, a stateswoman, to be able to introduce an idea, work through the law to try to pass it, and then try to be successful in implementing their ideas. We absolutely need to be training the next generation of statesmen and stateswomen. We cannot just hope, you know, that great school board leaders are going to show up, or mayors, or Supreme Court justices, right? We've, we've learned that, especially at the Supreme Court level. You need to be incredibly intentional. You need to have a list, right? Uh, kudos to President Trump on that. And, and you need to work through the process to get your ideas into action and into law. And we are doing that at Colorado Christian University in a nonpartisan, Christian, conservative, worldview way. So, uh, it's very exciting. This is all June 9th and 10th at the Colorado Convention Center in Denver, Colorado, westernconservativesummit.com. That is so great. And I love the the youth conference. And I'm so glad that you highlighted that because uh, my younger brother actually went through that uh, during his time in homeschooling and uh, before he, he went to college and absolutely loved it. He actually then got to participate uh, in the Western Conservative Summit and, you know, meet some of these um, national leaders. And this was, of course, still during the Trump administration and, you know, has a lot of pictures. And he, he just thought it was so um, incredible. And and it really sparked, um, I think, not only a, a continued passion, because he's a homeschool kid, so of course he's smart, <laughs> but um, a continued passion for civic engagement, but also to meet like-minded people um, in that setting that also are concerned about the process. And it's, it's just it's so much fun. It's, it's so great. And um, I've had the opportunity in the past to, to teach um, a track there on um, the biblical worldview of the law. I mean, you know, all of these things are so important for our young people. And um, so I'm really glad you highlight that. And, and Jeff, I, I commend you for uh, continuing to fight the good fight in Colorado, because as you mentioned, um, you know, Colorado has just been careening toward further and further insanity. And, you know, there is not a, a single um, statewide elected um, that isn't a leftist liberal and, and Democrat. And, uh, and yet, you know, when we look back at some of these critical moments in Colorado's history, you know, this didn't just happen out of nowhere and it didn't just happen overnight either. Um, I, I remember being there, um, you know, on the ground uh, with you and with the Centennial Institute to fight against 
the Colorado Civil Rights Commission when we still had a one seat Republican majority in the Senate. (laughs) So we still had some way to appeal to, you know, the better virtues of of the whole and not just have, you know, this forced legislation. And it was a sunset bill to simply say, basically, let's defund this modern day star chamber that's trying to use the anti-discrimination law to target Christians. And let's do that. And, And unfortunately, these, you know, the, these Republicans and conservatives backed down from that and, and didn't mm-hmm. get some provisions in, in the refunding of it, which we all kind of knew was, was going to happen. We could have at least had like an opt out provision to say, you know, people don't have to go and submit to that kind of star chamber. They can go to a regular court and have actual process, um, you know, some of these things. So, so there's a there's a book I think it's called the Colorado Blue Book. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of has this you blueprint, know the, yeah. the blue the blueprint, the Colorado Blueprint yeah. that talks about this the 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 funding of you know millions and millions of dollars into Colorado and this incremental plan. So from your perspective, where where was kind of the turning point in Colorado to get as far down the rabbit hole as we have? Yeah, the turning point was decriminalizing pot in 2012. So Colorado has become a dumping ground for leftist special interest groups. You see it, you watch it all the time. We're down at the Capitol. We have lobbyists. In fact, I'm going to be testifying on this effort to ban, quote, assault weapons, which is pretty much every gun except for a, a you know, a muzzle-loading uh, gun um, in the state of Colorado. But what, what happened was these special interest groups have come in, like Planned Parenthood, the ACLU, um, every special you know, leftist mega donor, and they've poured millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars into the state. And they just r- railroaded every potential conservative candidate with, uh, with money. And you, you watch this down at the state capitol. So Planned Parenthood, for instance, wrote some of these abortion bills that were just passed into law in Colorado, like wrote, wrote the law. The, the lawmakers don't even write these laws. Planned Parenthood, out of wherever their headquarters is, New York, I think, wrote the law, airdropped in to all these candidates that they had bought through campaigns, and then handed them a bill and said, you're going to run this. So they ran it, passed it. Guess what Planned Parenthood did just last week? They brought champagne down to the floor of the House and Senate in Colorado and opened bottles of champagne while they're passing laws that are going to result in the death of innocent preborn children. It is so macabre and sad that that's what we're in right now. But these special interest groups are using the state and they are deliberately passing unconstitutional laws. They know that these are unconstitutional, that they're not going to stand up. But their thinking is, one, we get a challenge on these issues, so we'll at least get to work through the courts. But it's going to be a decade before this sees the light of day at the U.S. Supreme Court, so we'll at least get 10 years of unconstitutional gun bans, unconstitutional restrictions on free speech, uh, you know, direct attacks on parental rights. They, they're happy. They are literally opening champagne bottles down at the state capitol, these special interest groups are. So um, I often ask lawmakers, conservative lawmakers, do the people of Colorado have a voice in the state anymore? And they just look down and shake their head and say, not really. Um, We've been purchased and bought by groups that don't even live here. 
so that they can get their unconstitutional laws introduced and and have these national challenges on these issues. It's really quite heartbreaking. You know, in my office, Jenna, you know this, uh, is a painting, Norman Rockwell's Freedom of Speech, where the blue-collar guy is standing up and speaking. It's been in my office since I lived and worked in Washington, D.C. That is my vision of America. Guys in suits paying attention to the blue-collar guy, sharing his thoughts and his mind. That is all gone, unfortunately, and the elites are in control of the state, and we have tremendous human suffering. I think that's the most heartbreaking thing right now, right? Think about all the babies that are dying as we become a radical abortion state. When you think about all the parents that are struggling because their rights are being taken away. I mean, Jenna, in our state right now, a young person can have unlimited counseling at the age of 12 towards embracing transgenderism, and a parent would never even know in this state anymore. So uh, it is breaking that Christians are the only ones that can get us out of this. And they, because we have a bit of enough of a population to be able to push back, but we're motivated by values and truth, and we just won't be quiet, which is really important on these issues, right? Somebody needs to stand up. Thank God for conservative Christians motivated by their faith they're trying to make a difference, not only in this state, but, you know, California as well and other challenging blue states. Um, it, it is the last remnant of, of sanity in these states are, are conservative Christians. Yeah, it, it is truly, truly heartbreaking, Jeff. And the way that you're describing all of this and, you know, the people from DC who don't care about listening, you know, to the to the person suffering under the weight of these immoral and unjust laws and this um, this petty tyranny, really, and these these elites that just don't care in this kind of uniparty in DC. Um, it, it reminds me that state sovereignty and our founders' explicit requirement in our system of government for federalism is really the only way to fight back. Because if you look at the difference, even with Washington control and these unelected organizations that aren't even in the state pouring so much money into it, we can't vote them out of office. You know, we can't we, we can't change their contributions. And, uh, you know, I mean, unless we change the laws of how some of this works. But um, but but it's not just a problem of the leftists on the federal level that have a, an unbiblical worldview. We have to do what some of these great governors um, like Ron DeSantis in Florida are doing to say, OK, this is this is really bad on the federal level, but I'm going to at least protect my state and insulate the people who live here from all of this harm. So you're fighting on the ground, and, and you've been in Washington, D.C., you've seen that swamp and that horrific game. And so being on the ground in the state, in a state like Colorado, how do you start rolling the ball backward and trying to appeal to morality and, and simply self-evident truth? 
It requires the church. It absolutely requires the church to wake up. We can no longer just assume that, well, the difference between two mayoral candidates or the difference between two school board candidates is minimal. I don't need to be that invested in this anymore. And I get it. Conservatives don't want to think about government all day. Right? We want to think about our businesses and our families. And I don't want to spend time having to go to a school board meeting. I'd rather be home with my family. That's our natural inclination. But friends, the left has so much control over government right now that they are not at all interested in letting you live your own life peacefully. They think you need to be shut down. Your business needs to be shut down. Your kids need to be reeducated. That is the truth of what's happening in this country. And so we need Christians desperately to wake up, get involved, take leadership of our communities back because there's just lunacy taking place here. And we need to give to our children and grandchildren a country better than the one we inherited. Yes, we we do. And and this is why Christians have to engage in politics. And I I just can't stand when I hear the you know some Christians say, well, politics is too dirty. And listen, I don't want to be on one side or another. And, you know, I we, I'm a citizen of God's kingdom, you know, first and foremost, which Yes, that's true, but that's not an excuse to not be a good citizen in our country. So, um, Jeff Hunt, in just the last few minutes that I have with you here, and thank you for expressing the plight of Colorado and uh, so well. And, you know, it reminds me of, of the psalm that says, um, you win. The righteous rule, the people rejoice, but under you know the weight of an evil government, the people groan. And I'm paraphrasing, but you know it's such the truth. And so, how would you encourage Christians who maybe say, "Ah, you know, politics is too dirty. I can't engage." That it's not only our responsibility, but also our duty to do this for future generations. Well, start with education. There's great organizations like Patriot Academy or Family Research Council. The Daily Citizen at Focus on the Family, Dave, uh, Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk, all of those organizations will help you just understand what's going on. Can you articulate why it's important that America has limited government? Can you, can, do you understand those differences and, and the importance that that makes for how we live our lives? If you, if you just kind of hold on to those values, but you can't articulate or explain them, uh, start to check out those organizations I just listed, the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University as well, so that you can start to learn and be able to defend our, our way of living. But then that'll hopefully open doors for you to start to take steps to say, no, 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 that's not right. That law that you're trying to implement is not according to the founding values of this nation and, and we can start to push back on uh, the leftism that's taking over this country. But at the end of the day, this is a spiritual battle itself between good and evil. And Jenna, grateful to have strong voices like you promoting the good, the true, and the beautiful. Thank you, Jeff. And and I'm so happy to partner with you in that effort. And we need more solid Christians to start speaking out. And you can do that. Uh, I mean, I, I thought I would just be a practicing attorney in Colorado, you know, never really thought I would be speaking out on a national level, but God opens those doors. So get engaged. And I remember, Jeff, when you told me when I was um, at the Centennial Institute and was uh, was teaching at Colorado Christian University, you said, you know, I see you as someone more like a, a Katie uh, Pavlik, I think is who you 
uh, you compared me to, you know, going out and speaking boldly to our nation. And that was prophetic, actually, and, and God opened those doors. Um, so I'm grateful to do that, and I'm grateful for your commitment to the state of Colorado. Um, but first and foremost, to the truth. We have to take advantage as Christians every opportunity. Um, so join the Western Conservative Summit. Gather with fellow Christians and conservatives. Go to westernconservativesummit.com. I will be there. I will see you there. We need to continue to take back the West for truth. We'll be right back with more on Jenna Ellis in the morning. Speaking truth with love. This is Jenna Ellis in the morning. Well, it is the last segment on this Friday morning, and I want to end on you know a positive note. And we as Christians have to have joy in all circumstances, and uh, and laugh at the absurdity of the culture. Because if we aren't laughing and we are only super serious, and we should be. We should be serious, and we have to take all of these things seriously. But we can have fun still and and also laugh at uh, the times when the left realize, you know, we got you. And there were a couple of instances over this past week that I was just laughing at so hard because the left got trolled and got trolled so bad. And so I want to take time to share this with you. Uh, One of them was, uh, and this is the best one, is Dylan Mulvaney, who we all unfortunately know now, who is this uh, man who pretends that he is a little girl and is now the face of the Bud Light campaign and the Nike sports bras and all of that. Um, He got trolled so hard. And this is by uh, Alex Stein, who is one of my good friends. He's been on my podcast, which you can find, um, which was a really great episode talking about comedy and why comedy is so important to highlight and point out in a funny way the absurdity of the left's position. And so you might have heard of him. And um, you know, for those of you with kids, sometimes, in my opinion, he, he crosses over the line into a little bit too much vulgarity for my taste um, with, with his new Blaze TV show. But, um, but generally speaking, a lot of the stuff that he's famous for doing are hilarious trolls. Uh, and, he, and he rose to popularity with um, with some of these <laughs> these appearances at um, at at uh, student board meetings where you know he went and spoke uh, as a for example transgender swimmer and so you know wore this absurd costume of you know like a one piece swimsuit as a guy um, you know a girl's one piece swimsuit and then had like the little swim cap over his head and is like you know why why aren't you letting me participate I mean I'm I'm totally there's nothing but clearly I'm a woman and it's really funny and I'm gonna play that clip for you in a moment in context um, because he's he's trying on purpose to satirize the left to show how patently absurd it is that someone like him, that's clearly a biological man, can just pretend to be a woman and demand the right to participate in women's sports. So he decided as a total troll to use the uh, the website Cameo, which is a website that some celebrities and sadly Dylan Mulvaney apparently falls into that category, um, to go on to this website Cameo and have these celebrities that uh, that you can purchase a customized message. So like if you know you go on and you want your favorite celebrity to wish you a happy anniversary or you know good luck or something like that, you can go and tell them, you know, here's the message that I want. So 
Uh, so Alex Stein went on um, in the guise of a transgem- transgender swimmer and asked Dylan Mulvaney to give him a, um, a, a bump up, you know, cheering on message when he competes in his first swim competition. So uh, this was really funny. And this is uh, Dylan Mulvaney's response to being trolled. This is cut eight. I can't catch a break right now. I'm so mad. This, some conservative, maybe he's a comic, I don't know, his name's Alex Stein, went onto my Cameo page where I make videos for people and bought a Cameo under the cover of a trans woman who wanted a pump-up video because she's a swimmer and she just got bottom surgery. So I made this video thinking that I was pumping up a trans woman and it was actually purchased as a joke by this person to post on his Instagram. He's some straight man and it just makes me sick. I'm like, I'm gonna post it right here because I just, I think it's up. I just, these people. <laughs> so, so if you watch this video, a Dylan Mulvaney actually puts trans woman in air quotes. And that to me is the most, uh, you know, Alexa, show me what irony is, right? Because he's so sickened by the fact that a man could be pretending to be a trans woman. And I'm like, do you hear yourself? So um, so that was hilarious. Uh, and uh, this is Alex Stein, who is pretending to be the trans woman in front of this uh, board of education and uh, this, this, uh, this board that is talking about being in women's sports and participating, you know, in this in this one piece suit and and pretending to be a trans swimmer. Uh, this is cut nine. I just want to compete against the ladies. Why are you saying that I'm not a biological woman? Clearly, I look like a biological woman. I mean, come on, it's been hours. Give me a break. I should be able to swim. And I'm on so much hormone therapy, I don't even know left or right anymore. So I'm doing this. I don't have an unfair advantage. No way. He just goes on and it is so funny. And uh, this is the actual cameo. So in context, think about this. This is Dylan Mulvaney thinking he's propping up this just ludicrous, absurd version of a transgender swimmer. And this was the actual cameo that Alex Stein purchased from Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, and, and and so now that you have all of these images and understand the context, it makes the cameo so hilarious. So this is what Dylan Mulvaney said to Alex Stein, who, of course, is pretending to be a transgender woman. This is cut 10. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. What do we do? We swim. We swim. Oh, Alex hides Dylan Mulvaney from TikTok. Um, that was the little swimming song from uh, Finding Nemo because you're a swimmer. And babe, you are killing it. I'm so proud of you for for being, you know, on the swim league and, and making this all happen. And I can only imagine it must be really scary right now. And there's a lot going on. But I want you to celebrate these wins and know that you deserve to be there and that I am cheering you on. There's so many people who are cheering you on. I hope that one day I get to sit in the stands and watch you swim. 
Um, but I'm just, I'm so proud of you. And you've just got to keep going. One day I'm going to see you in the Olympic. It's it's going to be amazing. And congrats on surgery. I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm hoping to do the same thing very soon. Um, but I love you. And uh, I, I hope you keep swimming. <laughs> Can we just take, I was laughing so hard. And every time I hear the, I must have listened to this like 20 times by now and and the entire you know cut from how oh i'm so sickened by this and this guy who's pretending to be a transgender it's like babe you are killing it and this is the most epic troll and alex stein was brilliant to do this because he's showing the left how absurd they are to say oh babe you're killing it and you deserve to be there and clearly Alex Stein is not a woman. And when you just hold up a mirror to the left and show them how absurd their own line of reasoning and their own statements are, they can't handle it. And they, they have this cognitive dissonance meltdown. And that's why they have these meltdowns on social media and why Dylan Mulvaney was so upset that he got so trolled because this is showing how absurd his position is that you can have such a thing as a transgender swimmer that's a biological man participating. So this was so brilliant and you can find this online and you can find, you know, the clips and and it's even, I think, better if you watch the the visuals of this because Alex Stein in context just looking so absurdly ridiculous in in this one piece swimsuit is hilarious and then Dylan Mulvaney like babe I was so proud of you it was just perfect so continue to hold up the mirror to the left and another person who uh, did that exact same thing and and absolutely showed the left the absurdity of their arguments in a really funny and and also very witty way um was this um this online personality called carpe donkum donctum um some of you who follow the the trump rallies will probably know of him he was kicked off of social media brought back on uh on twitter when elon took over the platform and um is one of those memers that um just will show the absurdity of the logic from the left, oftentimes using humor. And so, you know, and some of these things are so great because it points out uh, why the left is just, is so stupid. So, um, so he posted this on Twitter last week and he posted to Twitter pretending to be a third grade teacher telling his class instead of transgenderism and the LGBTQ philosophy, telling his class about Jesus, but he framed it using the same words that the trans grooming teachers used to promote their religion. And the left had an utter meltdown. Like, how can you possibly do this? And I'll read to you some of the, the responses. And this was, um, this was aggregated in an article for Not The Bee. So if you want to go back and actually, you know, send this to your friends and all that, go to, go to Not The Bee, which is the actual news site um, that is the, the sister uh, publication of our good friends, the Babylon Bee. That is, of course, the satirical site that everyone thinks is 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 so funny. I love my friends at the Bee because um, some of their headlines are are just so true because they're making fun of the ridiculousness of culture. Not the Bee takes uh, really great stories that are true 
and uh, has some really good commentary about them. But anyway, this is what uh, Carpe Dunctum tweeted. He said, as a third grade teacher, I often talk about Jesus with my students. They are so excited to hear about my faith. They point to the cross on the wall and ask me about the resurrection. Some have gotten baptized in the sink. As long as they don't tell tell their parents, it's our secret. I hope this doesn't get me fired. Please don't share this to the libs. He said, and then he goes on to say, I want you guys to understand something. I am not grooming these young apostles. They come to me and I follow their questions back to its source. These kids feel something is not right inside them. And I help them to understand that Jesus is what's missing in their life. Guys, it's important that we keep these tweets away from people who would get me fired. Please be very cautious who you share this with. Do not post links like this to prominent liberals. It puts my whole class in danger. And of course, people did just that, right? They're sharing uh, this this thread on famous or more prominent leftist Twitter feeds with total and utter outrage. And he says, at the beginning of every year, I give each student a gospel of their own to read at school. For some of these kids, I was the first person they came out to as a Christian. Even their parents don't know. A few of my students take communion here because their parents don't allow it. One of my fondest memories from last year was when Talib made his transformation from Islam to Christ. To celebrate his new identity, we had a pizza party with his new favorite topping, Canadian bacon. Sometimes I buy him a hot dog at lunch since he can't have them at home. I have no idea so many people would be angry about me teaching third graders about their spiritual identity and encouraging them to get a sect change. It boggles the mind. (laughs) Isn't that great? A sect change? I love it. And so, of course, he's totally trolling the leftists using their same language to highlight how the, that leftism and the LGBT movement and agenda is a religion. It is fundamentally a worldview. And he's using their exact same language, just changing it a little bit, to hold up a mirror and show them how wrong they are to have third grade teachers try to ideologically indoctrinate children with the trans religion. And of course, the left has had an utter meltdown. And so some of these responses, this is extremely unconstitutional. This is a violation of their rights. That you need to keep it a secret means you know it's wrong. You do need to be fired. And someone else posted, he should be arrested for child abuse. Hashtag groomers. As long as they don't tell their parents, if I had a child at that school, I'd be planning a lawsuit. And someone said, and here, I thought you people were all about having more parental involvement in education. How dare you? I hear that constantly from, quote unquote, Christian politicians. Does that not apply when you're doing things like religious indoctrination and secret baptisms? Do they not hear themselves? This is just so great. Uh, But then there's the threats. And uh, when it's liberals that are indoctrinating kids... It's um, it, it's not OK, right? I hope you get fired. Anyone want to help find this guy's and they use a different term that I won't read on air. Anyone help want to find this guy's identity and employer? And then there's I hope you're well armed and your home address isn't listed in any public records. So, you know, as as the writer of this, uh, not the BP said, you've got to love how not only do the lefties miss the point, but their first response is that they need to hurt this person. 
And and that's that's really <sighs> unfortunately the problem and you know matt walsh as a lot of you know be praying for him and his family um at daily wire because he got brutally hacked a couple of days ago because he's pointing out the left's false agenda and the first thing they do is revert to the threats and try to silence and shut you down so the best thing we can do ask questions hold up a mirror show them how absolutely and utterly ridiculous their own logic is. And we always win. Why? Because we are standing firm on the truth. So have a wonderful weekend. Laugh, have joy in the Lord, because no matter what happens, even though Joe Biden is sadly in the White House, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is still the king of the universe. He is still on the throne.